Hello and welcome to episode 118 of Throwing Elbows. I'm your host, the senior editor of KHSI Press, Dan Darty, and alongside me, a star writer, a star podcaster, and a two-time picks champion, Heath Harshman. Heath, how quickly how quickly did your bracket get busted? Dude, we didn't even talk about this beforehand. So quick. Uh, yeah. I had Ohio State in my final four. Okay. So that didn't work out great. Also, I had mm-hmm. Illinois as my champ. So Really? Yeah. Yeah, I was really smart. Me and my buddy usually do a, like, a, a bracket group with just me and him. And uh, this year, uh, we invited uh, his fiance and my girlfriend to the group. Um, I'm in dead last. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I by far watched and care about college basketball way more than all of them, like, by mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, so it's it's been tough. I did pick Oregon uh to win but uh okay yeah i I, I basically picked against gonzaga all i have the only good things that have happened for me as a duke fan is that uh carolina lost and that was fun because they looked terrible but i just have to root against Mm -hmm. gonzaga and i know i'm in the eastern washington everybody over here or generally speaking loves them i can't stand them i went to wcu go (laughs) cougs so uh Mm -hmm. i'm just praying that they lose at some point but they they probably won't uh but yes my bracket is 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 very busted has been busted was always busted and yeah without duke to guide me i didn't i didn't really have any idea but who's your champ do you, are you are you still alive i i got i got the zags oh um God, as my gross. champ um i have three of my four final four still um, there you go. intact but the one that i didn't get uh was was my bold pick i had byu going to the final Oof. four <laughs> Oof. For some reason, yeah. I don't know why. Because uh, they looked I think good against Gonzaga the, for like fifteen minutes once. Yeah, it, the the way I do my brackets is I, I pick like the favorites in like the first region I do, and like the favorites in the second region, third region I start doing some upsets. Then the fourth region, I'm like all right, let's go crazy. And BYU is that fourth region. Uh, so I think that yeah, the, the more I do the bracket, the more upsets I pick uh, the the later on. So. Um, that was BYU, and that's why I had them in the Final Four. But other than that, I'm not doing that poorly. Um, I think, and also filled, I filled out a religious bracket where I have religious schools winning. Nice. Um, and that is actually doing better good. than a regular yeah. bracket. Yeah, Oral Roberts yeah. <laughs> doing doing damn good. Yeah. yeah. So that that's that's where I'm at. I'm 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 getting beat by my joke bracket. Well, that's what I consider yeah. my girlfriend's bracket, and look at me. Like she, like <laughs> she literally, she has no idea. She hates basketball. She she hates the squeaky shoes. It bothers her that much, and she's kicking my ass. So that should tell you something about watching and caring about sports. It's it's pointless. But my read on it was just completely wrong. Much like most of my reads on, on fights, my picks this weekend not great, not terrible, but not great. Um, mm-hmm. Are you still in first place when it comes to picks? I think I'm um, like um I'm. Um, kind of in second place by like a little oh, huh. <laughs> I, I haven't, Funny how you didn't I, haven't that. Uh, I haven't uh updated this week's like after, the, after this weekend's fights um well i didn't do that great huh, huh. but also i don't think i don't think alex uh has done that great either uh so i think that if if he does bad and i do bad i have the advantage because I've, I've picked more fights than him that lead so. just dwindled <laughs> just like that it's not even it's not even spring yeah. yet look at you Hey, it's uh, I'll be fine. I'll be fine coming up this weekend. I mean, it would it would have been nice I'm, if you know Gregor Gillespie fought, yeah. but he did not. I'm very excited to see who you pick this weekend as the uh, the new. I mean, I, I and I have picks champion in the intro, but you're the new uh, the new hype person when it comes to I'm picks. I'm the guy. So, I'm the guy. Well, I'm right excited now. to see yeah. who you pick later, but we should probably get to it if we're gonna get to that. 
Yes, so you can follow us on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Throwing Elbows MMA, Facebook, Throwing Elbows MMA, Twitter, at Throwing Elbows, and our written work is on cagesidepress.com. This week, there was a lot of uh, major, major fights announced. A lot of great fights announced, too, which is which is really fun. You didn't, you didn't uh, like what I put in the rundown? You didn't like the quote? The, avalanche? Yeah. What, Sorry. You, what, you're just going to, you're going to, that's not good enough? An avalanche. Sometimes, I don't like to, you know, copy huh. word for word. You know, could just continue. It's fine. Try it's to fine. try to no, put my own fine. spin on it's it. It's fine. It's fine. So my feelings I, are hurt. I feel it's less fine. lazy by doing it that way. It's I fine. feel less lazy. It's fine. We'll be announcing our fire department coffee winner this episode. Oh, that sounded great. I don't know. That popped. Yeah. <laughs> and UFC 260 lost the title fight, uh, but. It is still coming up this weekend, and that's so fun because we have a couple of great pay-per-views coming up uh, over the next couple months. But first, UFC Vegas 22, main event, Derek Brunson stops the hype train of Kevin Holland, uh, gets a decision win. It wasn't particularly close. Um, I mean, Brunson was in trouble at points uh, with, with the striking of Holland, but whenever he got in trouble takedown was uh, soon to follow so Holland just couldn't really answer the wrestling of Derek Brunson and hey this is that Brunson that I've been concerned about uh, since he, he, he started um, you know fixing up his game and uh, since he's moved to his new camp I can't what's what's the new camp Sanford? that he moved to Sanford MMA yeah. since he's been there he's been phenomenal he's been the fighter that I've always hoped that he was going to be and and he's only 37 years old now that's the only issue is that he's, he's getting up there in age but he's finally putting it all together and uh, I thought he he looked very solid in this fight he, he wasn't um, really pushing the the envelope offensively but he did what he had to do Kevin Holland's really dangerous on the feet and, and Brunson found that out when he was nearly knocked out in the third round um, but uh, for for all uh, intents and purposes, uh, Brunson uh, got another very solid win over a, a very hot fighter in Kevin Holland, who again won five fights last year and was kind of the the consensus fighter of the year for a lot of people um, that that I saw. But it it, it all stops uh, at the hands of Derek Brunson. Yeah, another one. Like he's he's on a four yeah. fight streak. That's Heinis, Shabazian, and Holland. Um, and I'm pretty sure I picked again. I picked him to win this fight mostly because of the matchup. But I'm pretty sure I picked against him in the other ones. Um, but yeah, good for him. Yeah, Henry Hooft has been able to uh, like focus the storm that is Derek Brunson. Like, cause mm-hmm. I mean, old Derek Brunson, man, we had some good lat. That Robert Whitaker fight oh. is still one of the funniest goddamn four minutes you can you can see. Um, they, they play look. They, they play his highlight reel before the fights, and it just makes me sick. <laughs> well, because <laughs> even if he's knocking guys out, he looks terrible doing well, it. Well, and that's the thing is he used to be the one round guy. Whether he was knocking people out or getting knocked out, it was only going to be one round. Um, and he is not that guy anymore. Um, and for mm-hmm. like for with good reason. Like I don't know. He did the smart matchup. Um, he he fought how he should, and that's four in a row. He asked for a top five guy. It's hard to argue with that. Um, and yeah, good for him. But I like I like any of those matchups really with any of those guys. He called out Paulo Costa, um, who is out of his matchup, which we'll get to a little bit later. But I don't hate that. That would be kind of fun. It was interesting that he called him out. He must be pretty confident or of of the kind of style that matchup that he can go in there with against him. Mm-hmm. Um, especially being a southpaw, too. Uh, you can probably borrow a few things from from Izzy. But um, yeah, overall, really good for him for Holland. 
it's just it's a really tough matchup and the uh, like the kind of the bigger problem for Holland like yeah that's a tough match you can say he's not a got to have better takedown defense you got to have more power if you're going to win a matchup like that with the kind of tools that that Kevin Holland has not because he definitely has tools to win that matchup he just that's just really tough the problem is like Marvin Vittori is that much easier or Robert Whitaker or even like Kelvin mm-hmm. Gaslam like I don't know those are all guys who are Jack Hermanson's pretty slick on the ground those are all guys that it's like, man, those are those are also tough matchups, and that's a good chunk of the guys that he's kind of getting around at this point. So I'm interested to see if we've seen kind of the peak of Kevin Holland at 185. You know, there's talk of him going down to 170 now. Um, kind of maybe he got a little bit of the, the Izzy at, at light heavyweight feeling, um, particularly mm-hmm. in this matchup. So that will be interesting to see where he goes. But I think there's still... It's like, I don't know, when you win five fights in a row and you still have the highlight reels like Kevin Holland, uh, he's not, you know broken or anything as much as dana wants to say that he like had a mental break or whatever like dana's so stupid like i don't <laughs> kevin holland talks all the time and like you can't just do that and then not because then that shows that you're like shook or broken or like i know that would be the broken thing if he just didn't yeah that's the broken thing so dana again doesn't know what he's talking about but i still think they're both coming out of this fine and um yeah just kind of more happy for Derek brunson i don't know i know I never really give him a ton of credit or hype and don't like consider him a real like title contender. But if we had to pick one of these guys to be getting a top five matchup after this, I think it's pretty clear that Derek Brunson has a much better chance of challenging those guys there right now um, than Kevin Holland does. Yeah. I just kind of, I, it just makes me wish that Brunson started doing this earlier in his career um, because then he could have been a really true title contender when he had all that explosiveness i mean he still does have the explosiveness um but it's like if if he had that that you know high high 20s you know prime athleticism age Derek brunson um with this kind of game planning and 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 just um defensive soundness that that he has now it would have been a dream fighter really i I just kind of wish he did this 10 years earlier um but uh, either way, it's it's still cool that he's he's winning these fights and and showing us the the fighter that he can be that he could have been all along. Um, and I do like the the Paulo Costa call out that he had afterwards. I mean, Costa's not doing much right now, so uh, why not? I think I think Brunson's an interesting matchup there. It's it's going to test that that chin of Derek Brunson for sure. Um, and and I mean, I would like to see how Brunson approaches that that kind of matchup um, and in what what ways he uh, tries to limit and, and, and neutralize the offense of Palacosa. So I'm I'm all for that. I think I think when when guys call out guys that make sense, that really gets me going. And and Brunson did that here. Yeah, it's the uh, Michael Chiesa school of good callouts. Have a name in mind. Yes. Have it make sense. Have it be someone that like realistically and like and make it count when you do it. And Chiesa's been amazing at that for a long long time um and he did that he had all that in mind and to me it kind of it kind of feels a little bit like this you know Derek Brunson you you mentioned how old he is um he's been in the UFC for a long time too so since 2012 and he's fought a lot Mm -hmm. of different guys he's been in there with so many different guys and learned so many different things and so many different matchups when he faces a guy like Paulo Costa um to me it's kind of similar to the Kevin Holland thing where there is absolutely nothing that Paulo Costa is going to bring to that matchup that is going to surprise Derek Brunson. He's going to know exactly, mm-hmm. and his camp is going to know more importantly, exactly what is going to be coming at him. And that Derek Brunson is versatile enough in enough different ways at middleweight 
um, and has enough experience to be able to one go in with what they can be comfortable with is a good game plan whichever whatever way they see that especially now that with more and more tape on Costa getting out there and two the the fact that he can adapt in the middle of it if his game plan doesn't go to plan which in the past was the exact opposite way everybody felt about Derek Brunson but I think now we have enough evidence and proof especially in a matchup like this with Kevin Holland where it could be easy for him up three rounds or up four rounds to to you know let Kevin Holland get in his head a little bit or kind of revert to the old Derek Brunson and he didn't he just went out there and won the fight so um I think that's I don't know it's it's growing on me as a pick but and it, it also seems to make a lot of sense from Brunson because Costa still has a bunch of shine to his name as well obviously so yeah. the time is kind of prime for him it's it, it makes sense in, in a lot of different ways it's also a dangerous matchup for him for sure but realistically if you're asking for a top five middleweight there aren't a lot of you know not dangerous people there yeah, yeah. So th- this is going to be the real um, big test to how to see how good uh, this new Derek Brunson is because Costa he can't mess around with him that much. So um, you, you can't get hit in the early goings like like Brunson was getting hit um, against Kevin Holland. Well, you can't really risk that against Costa. Well, it depends on if he's drunk or not. <laughs> yeah. Drunk Costa, I don't know. I feel like he could. You wine drunk yeah. Costa. That's. <laughs> That's the opposite of a mythical fighter. What, what is? Yeah. That, that's the, yeah, yeah. That that's that's kind of that kind of fighter. Yeah, wine drunk Costa. Um, all right. Well, co-main event never happened. Oh. It was Gregor Gillespie versus Brad Riddell, and that is a that's that's sad. Yeah. Gregor Gillespie had uh, uh got COVID protocols. I don't know who exactly had COVID, um, but and that that fight got called off and that was going to be a banger and a half and I think they said they intend to uh, rebook that fight pretty soon so it's getting the Anka Live Kutalaba treatment let's go let's go yeah and as as much as I love that matchup for all the the glorious reasons that we deserve as many matches of of Anka Live Kutalaba um, this is a matchup that's a little more deserving of some patience I think Uh, Mm -hmm. that one didn't like I don't know the fact that the UFC hung on to it for so long was hilarious and became a joke in itself this one I feel like is a fun enough matchup to where we're like no we can hopefully we can wait like I don't know it kind of sucks for them like I don't know it just sucks for them I don't every time something COVID happens especially for someone like Riddell who like isn't in America like if we're Mm -hmm. like traveling for stuff like this and doing stuff like this when it get cancelled so close to the fight is like even more of a hassle so um, hopefully the fight actually happens and they can have it soon and everybody's you know healthy and okay and there's no lingering effects or anything like that which we've seen the effect of in the UFC so uh, yeah it's a really fun matchup we I, I want that yeah yeah please sooner rather than later uh, I mean sooner in the case of you know there's no COVID around when this fight gets rebooked so um so hopefully that's that's in a couple of weeks we'll get to see Gillespie versus Riddell uh, the the co-main event that we deserved on this card uh, but earlier on the card, it was the people's main event, really. Uh, Grant Dawson against Leandro Santos or Leonardo Santos, and uh, because both these guys have not lost in the UFC, as crazy as that sounds. And uh, in the last second, uh, Grant Dawson uh, finished Santos with some heavy ground and pound, uh, postured up, and started raining bombs on him as as the time was winding down. So another excellent performance from Grant Dawson, who's really uh, coming up those lightweight ranks, and, and uh, is, I mean, hopefully he'll be making that leap soon because uh, he's been very very good. He's got a great camp there uh, in Kansas City with with James Krause as his head coach. So 
uh, I, I'm, I'm excited to see where Dawson goes from here, but he's got a great base uh, to have a lot of success in the UFC. Yeah, I think that was a good step up for him, though, at the time. Like, he's still he's still kind of young, like, in that younger, especially, like, in his UFC career. Um, but I think that was a sizable step up and a, and a good one, and he made the most of it. Um, were you one of the people that thought Santos was winning? Or that it was like, how do you how do you have your scorecards? I guess. Uh, I I mean I think I had Dawson winning at the time. I like Santos, but I did have Dawson winning at the time. Yeah, I thought it was one one, and that Dawson was winning the third pretty easily. So I gave Santos. I think it was the first where he stuffed a few takedowns and didn't look bad, but good mm-hmm. for Dawson. That's a really tough matchup. Uh, and like I don't know, there's there's a lot of reasons to say he like he should win that fight, but that's a really tough matchup. He went out there, looked pretty good. And um, yeah, hopefully he continues to get another step up. There are plenty of them and, at 155. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it it doesn't get easier from here for for yeah. Dawson at all. Uh, the real co-main event was uh, Max Griffin against Song Kanan, and Griffin looked great. Wow. I thought he he came out aggressive and sharp, and just really didn't let uh, Kanan breathe. And that was. Uh, Really, like the kind of new-ish uh, Max Griffin. Like we 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 haven't seen this kind of side of him. Uh, of course, he got the stoppage last time out, but that was in the third round where he basically tore the guy's ear off. But uh, seeing Griffin come out like this, with like it looked like he was going out there to finish the fight in the first round. Uh, that was really good to see uh, from Griffin. Yeah, you want to talk about a guy putting it all together at a late age? Griffin's got to be up there, right? Oh, he's thirty-five, yeah. so he's he's yeah. one, like. I I don't know his career feels like it's lasted longer but i guess he's only been in the ufc since 2016 but yeah it hasn't been long but he's fought a lot since then um he's been pretty consistently in the cage um crazy that this was the first time he's got back-to-back wins like that is something that blew my mind but he's fought some pretty tough guys in his career colby covington easy to santos mike perry curtis millinder thiago alves alex Oliveira. like that's he's it's not like he's fighting you know easy easy guys and sucking on is is very dangerous so the, yeah you're right though he just looked he had that good look about it. Like he was very aggressive. He was moving around a lot. He was landing a lot. It was a, a very impressive win. Um, and yeah, you know, two in a row, that's good. Uh, three in a row at welterweight, that's going to be really tough too, especially in maybe a, a different style matchup for him. But he's really well rounded yeah. too. He's got all the tools. He can definitely wrestle. So um, fun to see him kind of uh, continue to develop and put everything together. And uh, a guy that really impressed a lot of people, uh, Adrian Yanez, uh, going against Gustavo Lopez, uh, gets the finish in the third round with the with the knockout early in the round. Um, so there were a lot of a lot of tweets saying, "Oh, this is the guy that Jose Masvidal wants to be. This is the guy that Darren Till wants to be," so on and so forth. Uh, so to to see a young guy like this uh, have these kind of tools. Uh, so fun, and guess what? He's at 135, which is where all the good young guys are, apparently. Yeah, uh, that shouldn't be allowed. Like that's it's that's ridiculous. Yeah. Like that division. Like they should they should force some of them to to move realistic, or just have two different bantamweight divisions, have an A and a B, mm-hmm. um, because there's too much <laughs> talent there. And adding him to the list is is fun. And the guy he beat, you know, Gustavo Lopez. Um, is also good and maybe i'm a little biased he's an eastern washington guy he actually uh was born like around an hour away from where i live um and so i was i was rooting for him but when you were watching yanez it was hard not to just kind of fall in love with it it was like oh my god like, he, he was just so fun to watch um and has been for uh, his albeit pretty short ufc run um excited to see where he goes from here and like you said there's 
no shortage of people so he'll get tested soon there'll be other fun matchups and it's just another another fun addition to the bantamweight division in the ufc which i think we it's got to be the best division right i don't know we'll talk about it a lot this episode so maybe we'll get sick of it by the end yeah yeah i mean bantamweight are really making like the the push that at least uh the the past two or three years to to be that number one division in the ufc and it's it's been awesome because it used to be i think lightweight was pretty kind of it was kind of consensus best division in the ufc but now bantamweight is really uh taking that crown and running i would say um Tai Tuivasa on short notice uh, took on Harry Hunsucker and knocked him out in 50 seconds. Yeah. So good, good for Tui <laughs> uh, getting the win here. Uh, and and you know, watch your shoes. That's all. <laughs> that's all. Two straight knockouts for Tai Tuivasa, both uh, within a round. So that's that's great for for Tai Tuivasa, who was kind of like on the on the on a really bad downslope. Uh, after a hot start to his UFC career. Well, didn't he like get cut and then brought back or thought he was cut yeah, or, or something? Was there was some weird like thing. Because uh, he had lost three in a row to not exactly like great guys, but now he's got back-to-back wins. Uh, maybe it can get a little run going. I don't know. if it, Like heavyweight at the top there is getting pretty good too. There's no shortage of guys for him, and he's kind of a name. So I wouldn't be surprised now that he's got back-to-back wins for the UFC to you know match him up with maybe a young guy that can give him a little bit more trouble. And, I mean, we talked about a couple of old people uh, fighting in the UFC <laughs> so far. We have one more. The oldest fighter in the UFC, 43-year-old Marion Renault, didn't get the win. Uh, but, boy, she's still kicking and and, and really gave Macy Chazon a, a run for her money in this one. But uh, Chazon came out with, with the win uh, by decision. Yeah, which is probably for the best. Like, it would have been cool to see Renault win, but... That's four in a row for she's averaging one fight a year in the last three years, which yeah makes a lot of sense. But uh, it was nice to see her get like a kind of a top tier matchup against someone like Shayson, who the the promotion likes and wants to promote. But this is this is how it was supposed to go, and um, mm. yeah, good for Renault for still getting out there and competing. But I don't really know what like what is what what left is what there is left for her um, in that division, other than just kind of filling out fight cards for cards for events like this yeah yeah for sure uh but overall some solid performances on this card four performance of the night bonus is given max griffin adrian yanez grant dawson and bruno da silva uh, but yeah there were some good knockouts and uh just a solid performance by Derek brunson in the main event uh we could use some gregor gillespie on this card that would have been fun and, and a great way uh to to cap off the night uh, but also, the biggest fight of the weekend uh, was our friend of the show, Austin Arnett, winning yeah. on UAE Warriors 18, knocking out Daniel Vega in the ra- uh, in the third round with a beautiful combination. Uh, and just, he looked spectacular. Heath, tell us about it. It was awesome uh, for a lot of reasons. Obviously, we talked about it with Austin a few weeks ago, but it was his first fight since uh, January of last year when he made his UAE Warriors debut. Um, and in that, he took a, a tough loss, a point deduction for eye pokes, or I think it was eye pokes, I don't think it was a grind shot, but uh, just kind of on a tough stretch. And then obviously this last year, 2020, wasn't fun for anybody, but uh, between everything and dealing with COVID, Austin's dad passed away, and Austin, um, if you've read anything I've written about him or listened to us talk about him or talk with him, uh, his dad was like the most important person in his life. 
um, a, a Northwest Karate champion, opened the gym that Austin is now running, taught him everything he knows, quartered him in his fights, all, all of the beautiful things. Um, and this was his first time competing without uh, his dad there. Um, and so that was also a really big deal. And to see him go out and look as good as he did, I'm telling you, I, I, it reminded me, I haven't seen him look this good since the Brandon Davis fight on the contender mm. series and that wow. includes his win over umberto bandanai which in which he looked okay he, he, his jab looked a lot better than previous fights but he it was different and maybe it's because this is the closest thing he's or closest thing wow that sounded weird but the closest person the matchup wise he's fought since he fought brandon davis because brandon davis isn't the tallest guy and daniel vega the guy he knocked out this weekend uh, was five foot five and austin used his range really well um, just pressured him constantly, had him backing up all the time, ate a bunch of leg kicks and didn't slow down. Um, and his aggression and um, willingness to throw kicks and willingness to, to connect, put in combinations, like he's never just throwing one strike. It's There's always something coming behind it. Um, and I there were there were some UFC fights, particularly early on. You know, the San Hagen one was kind of you know it's his first fight. He took it on a week's notice, blah blah blah. But in a couple of his fights, you were just kind of begging for him to be more aggressive, and you could tell his corner was saying that. We've talked about him with him on the show before, um, and from the jump, he was just out there super aggressive, and nothing was stopping him from marching forward. Um, and he looked fantastic. That was probably my favorite thing early on um, before he put it away because I, I had him winning. Um, the first round, he knocked him down in the second round in a, in a much closer round, but I had him winning that one too. Um, and then uh, he put him away in round three, and he just never stopped. There was never uh, a, a lull, really. There was a little one at the end of round two, um, but he came back just so fiery in round three with, with Kiesa and Rick Little in his corner, and then he won. And he, and he I don't, that's also, I don't remember the last time I saw him knock somebody out. I meant to look this up. Um, he hasn't knocked someone out in, in a hot minute. And so I hmm. think that was also a big part of it too, because just the the energy and emotion he had. I, I don't know if it's up on YouTube just yet either, um, but yeah, he, he he gets very excited. It's his first first knockout or TKO since April of 2017, um, and his first like Dang. full knockout since November of 2015. Um, and he's actually got yeah he's got a few submissions, uh, more submissions than he does uh, knockouts recently, but. Um, so that was also really good to see. Um, oh, just an amazing performance. It checked all the boxes. I couldn't be happier for him, prouder of him. Can't wait to talk to him soon. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have him on the show and I'll be able to, to gush about him. And now we're on a, bo- a bit of a roll, Danny. I might have stolen a little bit of your thunder. I was on a, a cold streak with people I was interviewing in their fights. But now between Kelly and, and her last yeah. fight and now Austin and his fight, I'm, I'm looking good. I'm, I'm on the up and up. My, my bracket might be busted, but... <laughs> um, throwing elbows is help is out there, you know, putting positive vibes on these fighters. So I'm, yeah, it's very happy, very stoked. Um, the only problem was trying to watch it, <laughs> and mm. that was really frustrating because it, uh, according to everything, like there wasn't a ton of information. It was kind of hard to get, but uh, following like Rick and Mike and Austin on Facebook and stuff, they would tweet out or like post different links of like, hey, well, you need to like watch it here. And so the, the main place to watch it was a thing called the Fight Network. And it was like, oh, it's available on Apple TV and, and this and that and these different places. And I was like, oh, okay, that's easy enough. Um, and then I downloaded the app and I downloaded it on three different apps and the app wasn't like had nothing. It was like a totally different app. And I was like, okay, well, that's weird. And so then I tried a different <laughs> thing, a different application that um, was what I watched it on last time. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm here. But it was blacked out in America. And then in America it said, nice. if you're in the US, 
go watch it on the Fight Network, which I had tried on multiple apps. I had called my parents and was like, hey, can you try to see if it's... Ex- I, this is like 8 in the morning. I'm like, hey, I might need to come over in a little bit to watch like a half... Like, and they like they know who us is and everything, but uh, it was just a giant hassle. And I ended up I ended up figuring it out um, through with certain means, but it, it was a giant hassle. So, but I, and in the end, it was all very, very worth it to see Austin look that good. Um, I just wish it wasn't so hard to watch fights. <laughs> like I could get, I don't know. It was, it was ridiculous, but, um, it, it yeah. was all worth it in the end. Cause he looked fantastic. Thank goodness he was later on the card too to give you that time that you needed yeah. to well, I mean, I was, <laughs> figure it out. The the card, it was supposed to start at 6, and then I woke up and it actually started at 7. And so from about 7 to 8, 8.15, 8, 8.30, I was I was doing all of this and, and getting I played 2.99 for this fucking Fight Network app on my Xbox. for It had like Pancrase 41 and like TNA Wrestling from like 2018. Just random. And I was like, this is nothing. I'm like, what is this? Jesus. Uh, so yeah, it was it was a nightmare, but uh, eventually, yeah, he, he ended up fighting around like ten o'clock, and by then, I was I was all set and good to go, and and uh, yeah, it was, it was like I said, it was all very very worth it, and I can't wait to talk to him about it because uh, it was a pretty special performance for like I said, a, a few different reasons, and um, yeah, very very good, My, well, definitely way better than fucking Brunson Holland. No offense, but like I was like, all right, sweet, sure. we got a whole other card <laughs> later today, and I was like, wow, well, my day peaked at like ten fifteen this morning. <laughs> well not bad congratulations to Austin for sure uh, yeah like you said excited to have him back on the show soon uh, to break down our next pay-per-view and to tell us about you know not gonna do it out because that's 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 fun <laughs> yeah and also and, kudos to Daniel Vega I know like obviously we're very pro Austin he was game man he got knocked down in the second round off a nice straight right that caught him right in, right in the face and, and Austin mm-hmm. tried to pounce on him and he got back quick and he was he was throwing those leg kicks really hard. He couldn't really get in Austin's range without eating some shots, but he didn't. He never stopped throwing. He was a very game fighter, and he got um, knocked out in January too. So uh, taking that kind of a matchup at, at 150 when you're five foot five and, and you're coming off of a loss that recently and getting in there and looking looking like that, um, he was he was really game. But it was just um, a really good matchup for Austin. All right, and with that, we'll take a break. I want to come back, news articles and stuff like that. Stay tuned, Throne Elbows. You know him as the baddest man on the planet, and Fire Department Coffee is proud to bring you the baddest coffee on the planet. The Stipe Miocic Extra Strength Coffee is a dark roast coffee with a rich, bold taste that gives you the extra kick you need with two times the caffeine. This coffee packs a punch. Get it at FireDepartmentCoffee.com. That's FireDeptCoffee.com. Welcome back to Throwing Elvis. It's time for news articles and stuff like that. And chalk this under stuff like that. It's our <laughs> fire department coffee winner. Uh, we did our giveaway on Facebook. And our winner is Josh Evanoff. Yay, congratulations. Uh, he'll be sent uh, a, a nice bag of Steve Miocic double caffeine coffee. Hopefully he enjoys it. Uh, but thank you uh, for participating and uh, hopefully we'll be able to do something like that again in the future. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Big thank you to, to Fire Department Coffee for, for working with us. We got it all sorted out this morning as coffee is on the way. Talked to Josh yesterday. He's very excited. He had already heard about it, so I was like, oh, well, ah. there we go. Perfect. Um, and, yeah, big thanks to everybody that participated, uh, however correctly, except for the one guy who had the comment I had to delete off of the post. That was inappropriate, <laughs> sir, even though I kind of chuckled. Uh, 
very very fun uh hopefully yeah we can do something fun like this in the future and it's a good time all around uh josh gets free coffee uh we get to uh make people happy and then we get to support a cool business that um donates a part of their money to a cause that more than deserves it so i think i think everybody's winning in this circumstance and it's fun to be a part of something like that so thank you to everyone else involved and yeah like you said hopefully we can do this again in the future and congrats to josh uh way to go buddy let me know how you like it and now we can move on to the fights that have been announced this week. Uh, there were some really good ones. Uh, UFC Fight Night on April 17th. Uh, Whitaker Costa is not happening, but we get Robert Whitaker against Kelvin Gaslam, <laughs> which is uh, a, a fight that we like we haven't been able to see, but it feels like uh, we should have seen by now. And it, it's oh, it's a, it's a great matchup. It's been a great matchup, and now we get to see it. Hopefully, how hard do you like? Have you I like try? Have you had to work hard to get rid of your accent or an accent? Did you ever have an accent growing up? Uh, I I don't think I did, but sometimes there was a it slips Whitaker. through. Uh, like there there, 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 there was something yeah. coming out there that, that sorry that just caught me. I was like, oh wow, the co- I, I missed the R. I missed the R, and yeah, that is I guess that is part of the accent that I was around when I grew up. So yeah, I missed the R. Uh, I actually think this might be a more fun matchup, right? Like I don't know for some reason this one. I like it. I'm I'm game for it. I um, mm-hmm. we'll see how it goes. Like I'm I feel pretty confident that, that Bobby's gonna take this one i don't know gaslam looked looked better in his most recent fight if i remember correctly but he's still pretty yeah. mercurial so i don't know i like whitaker he seems like he's kind of on a mission to at least get another shot at izzy whether or not that'll go well he seems uh, more determined i think than in the past and obviously good for gaslam for stepping in there and, and getting the opportunity like this because he was calling he was calling to be the uh the sub for the the middleweight title fight and like be involved in that and everybody was like yeah i don't know kelvin and um if he can go in there and get a win over over whitaker or whitaker he'll, he'll be in there real quick so whitaker. So, <laughs> so uh i actually like this a lot uh, i'm also not a big paulo costa fan so I, I don't know if he's not on the screen for a while i'm, I'm not going to be mad about it and um yeah i like it I, i'm leaning bobby it seems like a tough matchup for kelvin but um i don't know we'll see should be fun mm, absolutely uh, so, uh, yeah, Goslin would that, that that last fight was against uh, Ian Heinish and it was ah, all yes, messy and stuff. Right, that's right. So, uh, hopefully, Robert Whitaker does not let a messy fight happen. I was just gonna kick him in the legs until he can't walk yeah. anymore. <laughs> Classic Robert Whitaker. Um, and then we move on to a month after that. This one will get you excited, Heath. T.J. Dillashaw coming back against Corey Ooh. Sandhagen. Boy, Dillashaw is getting a tough test on his first fight back. Uh, and this has all the makings of a number one contender fight at Bantamweight. Um, so I love this matchup. I, I was I was worried about what they do with, with TJ Dillashaw upon his return. Uh, and this keeps him in the title picture, but doesn't give him an immediate title shot. And that's perfect. And Sanhagen is a beast, and his skills will be put to the test against a guy like TJ Dillashaw, who we know uh, is spectacular. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited for TJ to come back, but this is a problem for me. This, I I'm I think I'm more I'm I'm too nervous. I was hoping for something like Aldo. I was hoping for something a little more fun or if it was going to be something like this, I was hoping it was like a title shot right away, just some just some bullshit something like that, but um instead uh Piotrion's knee had other ideas and um we get this. It's a little awkward for me though. It feels like I don't know if you ever had this, Danny, but like 
TJ Dillashaw is my friend from school, and so we we go to school all year, and we're best friends. And then summer happens, and I have to say bye to TJ. And uh, you go to summer camp, and you meet that that new best friend, and that that's what mm. Corey Sandhagen like for, okay. the, for the last two years <laughs> while, while Dillashaw has been gone. Sandhagen's been my guy. He's been easy to root for. I obviously followed him since he, him and Austin made their UFC debuts against each other. Um, and so I've been following him since since then when I was like, who the hell is this guy? Austin's going to kick his ass. And, uh, and that guy's turned into a, a Bantamweight title contender. Um, and it's been really fun watching him fight. And I like rooting for him. I, I enjoy watching him fight. I, I, I think he's one of the best Bantamweights in the world. But now summer's ending. And it's like he's moving. It's like I don't know. It's like they're like now he's coming back. Like he hit me up like, hey, we're coming through town. We want to, and everybody's gonna hang out, and I'm gonna be stuck in the room with like TJ on one side and Corey on the other side. I, I'm I'm definitely rooting for TJ. I would love to see Dillashaw to get another shot at the title. But the fact that I have to root for that, and it's if that's gonna be the case, then it's going to once again kind of just pry Sandhagen away from a title shot that he's once again so so close to and honestly in a in a mm-hmm. in a different universe is getting that title shot that would also be a huge bummer either way regardless it should be a really fun matchup my personal feelings aside uh it should be a really really fun matchup I have no idea I can't I can't even analyze this in any sort of like technical leave that to the heavy hands people I'm this is all heart oh, this yeah. is all heart for me I I, I don't know I, I'm, I'm leaning TJ just because I'm gonna be so excited to see him back in there um, but Corey Sandhagen's really fun to root for. It's it's a super fun matchup. I'm very excited for it. A little surprised they did it, to be honest. But once they did the, the Jan Aljo 2 thing, it was kind of the only thing that, that made sense. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, excited for it. Should be a fun main event. No idea how it's going to go. Um, but excited to see TJ back in there. Yeah, after Sandhagen got those two knockouts against Edgar and Marais, you're like, all right, what, can, what else can he do before they just give him a title shot? Nope. Uh, T.J. Dillashaw's coming back, and that's just a, it just makes perfect sense. So uh, I love the matchup. Can't wait to see the fight. That's going to be a, a, a fantastic uh, match uh, between those two guys. And then we move on to UFC 262 on uh, May 15th. Michael Chandler against Charles Oliveira for the 155-pound title. This comes with some caveats. Uh, Habib Magomedov has retired officially. I mean, he did. <laughs> Again. He did months ago, uh, but I mean, otherwise he just got a couple free dinners from Dana White and 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 then uh, was able to ride off into the sunset that way. But yeah, they made it official now, uh, officially official. Khabib is is no more, uh, and he'll be just training the next wave of uh, of Dagestani uh, killers to to come through. Now the, the the other issue is Dustin Poye is in, involved in this title fight. Uh, he's kind of trapped in Conor McGregor purgatory right now. Uh, we don't know what's happening there. I mean, Poirier, I thought was the clear cut. Uh, he was my champion. I, I thought. I, I think. I think I could say the same thing for you. I think we we both considered him the lightweight champion after that McGregor victory. But uh, now it will be either Chandler or Oliveira. So just first up, before we talk about Chandler versus Oliveira, what are your thoughts on the lightweight title picture? It's stupid and dumb and i hate it it makes no sense i love charles Oliveira. i'm very happy he's getting the title shot michael chandler doesn't deserve a title shot you know like he beat dan hooker great you know who else did that dustin poirier nine months ago however long ago it was and then he beat conor mcgregor after that i think that realistically while i might be upset about it uh i bet dustin poirier has more of a say in this than we might 
no. Like, I bet if they're going to say, hey, we'll give you a title shot against Charles Oliveira, or you can fight Conor McGregor, and we'll give you the same amount of pay-per-view points on both of those, I think I know which one I would pick. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe just know that that shot for the title is coming around the bend regardless. So... I think maybe that is more a, a, a bigger part of it too. Also, Justin Gaethje just out in the cold. Poor guy. Um, another guy, you know, Charles Oliveira. Oh, you beat Tony Ferguson? Congrats. He has a shot at the title. And Gaethje's like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, I, I beat the brakes <laughs> off the dude. And he, I guess he didn't beat the brakes off him, but he knocked him out. Um, so it just seems all silly to me. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm mostly just kind of bummed that Chandler's in the picture, but. It should be an interesting fight. I don't hate the fight. It's it's very interesting stylistically. It just doesn't feel like a lightweight title fight. and um, I don't know. It'll just kind of be covered in gold for whatever reason. But, yeah, eventually Poirier's going to get that shot. I just think it's going to come after he beats Connor again. And he will be Connor again. So, I mean, yeah, the, the Chandler-Oliveira fight, um, I mean, hopefully Oliveira would win just because I, I, I would like the, the thought of um, Oliveira uh, holding a UFC title after this uh, this long into his UFC career, um, but yeah, it's it's not an easy matchup for him. I would say this is this is kind of tough for for Oliveira, but uh, it'll be it'll be fun if Chandler goes to his takedowns to see what happens on the ground in this fight. Uh, but on the feet, it, it's it's gonna be tricky. It's gonna be tricky, and I, I'm I'm excited to see how this plays out. I just can't decide if I think the UFC wants Chandler to win or not. Like if they want mm. him to win for the sake of the story or if they want him to not win because I'll be like, wow, that old Bellator champ came over here and became our champ in no time. But I don't know. It also is, would feel a little weird. Not that Dan Hooker and Charles Oliveira aren't great fighters, but like if I were to tell to you... To just beat those guys. Well, if yeah. I were to tell you, yeah, you're going to come to the UFC, you're going to fight two you know, top five... What was Hooker? Top seven? Top five to seven lightweights and you're going to become the champ... And you're gonna you're gonna roll the dice on those killers, and you end up with Dan Hooker and Charles Oliveira. You probably take it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and you compare that to like you know Dustin Poirier's resume. Yeah. At lightweight, and yeah, it doesn't doesn't even hold a candle to it. Um, but I guess that that stuff will sort itself out over time. Uh, also on that card, Jack Hermanson against Emin Shabazian. Wow, that's cool. That's uh, not easy for Shabazian. Coming off of a uh, loss. Yeah, yeah, that like. That's that's another top flight middleweight uh, after he just didn't pass the Brunson test, uh, so that's not that's not good at all uh, as far as um, Shabazzian's development goes. It, it's just they're throwing him right back into the fire. I, I mean, it's been a while since he got knocked out by Brunson, but he, he's he's not getting any breaks um, coming off that loss. Yeah, absolutely not. This one surprised me quite a bit. Um, good luck, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that's about all you could say about that. <laughs> uh, and then on May 22nd, Cody Garbrandt against Rob Font. This is a cool fight. Um, Rob Font has just been excellent uh, on, on his Bantamweight run, and uh, Cody Garbrandt will need people to fight. <laughs> and, and and Rob Font is uh, he's definitely going to test him. Uh, this is going to be a, t- a tough welcome back for, for Garbrandt. Um, you know, uh, after his win over Rafael Sunset last year, um, trying to keep it going against the guy who's who knocked out Marlon Marais last time out. That's, I mean, Fon is is looking as good as we've ever seen him look uh, in in the UFC. 
and that goes without argument, I would say. So uh, this is really not a friendly matchup for, for Cody Garbrandt. Yeah, not in that sense, but it is if you look at the rankings. Like now that everybody's like pairing, we got Dillashaw and Sandhagen. Sandhagen's number two. You got Jan Aljo, that's one and champ, obviously. Font's number three, and Garbrandt's number four. So, hmm. I mean, he's he's right there, and, uh, you know, he's up there. My buddy and I, he my buddy is the big Cody Garbrandt fan, and I'm the big Dillashaw fan. And those fights got announced, like, at the same time. And I texted him, and I said, uh,. Am I the only one who's a little bit worried about both of these matchups? And he was like, absolutely not. <laughs> like we, We're both very <laughs> nervous for, for, for our guys. Um, but they're meaningful fights. They're fights with, in the top five. So if Garbrandt can get another win, that'll be big. Here, the real question, though, where does Cody Garbrandt's run at flyweight rank among the all-time, all-time runs in the UFC? Um, Is that like see. a top 10, top 15? Do they, even, do they still have 15 flyweights? As good as uh, as Chael Sonnen's light heavyweight stint. <laughs> well, at least Chael Sonnen made some money it. from it. He did. He did. Almost always became champion. It was a couple minutes away. <laughs> so, uh, when we come back, uh, we'll break down UFC 260 coming up this weekend. Uh, stay tuned, throwing elbows. Welcome back to Throwing Elbows. It's time to look ahead to UFC 260 this weekend. We start at the top. Stipe Miocic taking on Francis Ngannou for the second time. And, you know, despite Stipe dominating that first fight after, you know, the first two rounds, uh, Ngannou's the favorite in in this fight. So, uh, I mean, personally, I'm picking Miocic again. I mean, I know Ngannou's just been knocking fools out, but... I, I just think that we, we saw how Miocic can take those shots and and have a much better gas tank than than uh, Ngano has uh, in, in the long haul. And, and then, I mean, he showcased that again in, against Dana Cormier with, with his burst in the fourth round and knocking him out there. Um, so the, I think uh, I can see Miocic employing some of the same strategy that he had in the first fight, hopefully getting hit a bit less this time around. Um, but I, I'm picking Miocic, and I expect him to to take care of business. Interesting. So yesterday uh, I was scrolling through The Athletic, and it was Ben Folk's mailbag, and I asked him uh, what the ratio of disrespect to Stipe to respect for Francis's power uh, made the made Francis the favorite. Like, what went into the odds? Like, what was the ratio of that? Um, and he actually re- answered it, and then they talked about it on the co-main event today. Um, and he came up on basically where you are, which is interesting. That like, of course, Francis is 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 good, obviously, and like you would expect him to have improved. And and since then, Stipe's been in some battles, but it was just such a one-sided affair. And like you know, you know he can do it, and it's hard to to go against that. But I think I come down on the other side. We're do- we're basically doing a, a co-main event podcast bit now because I'm. I think I'm like Chad Dundas, who is like, yeah, that's all well and good. Francis Ngannou hits really hard, <laughs> and it only, it only takes one, and um, he's really good at that. And I think the thing for me is that, you know, heavyweight comes for everybody, and and, and Francis obviously seems like a pretty smart dude and a hardworking dude. He's obviously going to be improved, improved enough. We'll see. But the thing that I'm a little bit more worried about is that since they fought each other. Miocic has been in some some wars. Like he has been mm-hmm. through 
three really, really tough fights against a really, really tough opponent. And that's three camps for that. That's a bunch of stuff. He had um, a bunch of injuries along the way. Like, he had the eye thing. Like, I don't know. He's, he's been through a lot, and he's not getting any younger. We love Stipe. We obviously love, like, I think I'm rooting for Stipe in my heart, um, especially with the Fire Department Coffee stuff we've been doing. Um, I've been looking at his, at his mug and his, and his logo a bunch. Oh, mug. That was a nice little coffee play on words. Nice, uh, nice. But... I think in my head, I think I'm gonna. I think when we we put in our predictions for Cage Side Press, I think I'm gonna pick Francis. Okay. Yeah, and okay. I, I don't know how I really feel about that. I also wonder. Here's another one. Um, if Stipe wins, do you think he retires or do you think he stays out for that John Jones payday? Um. Uh, yeah. That, I. I I feel like he's got more left in the tank than walking away after this fight. Yeah. Depending on how yeah, it goes, obviously. That, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but I, I, I don't think the story of Stipe Miocic is done yet. Um, and I think it would be extended if he gets another big win over Ngannou uh, this weekend. Yeah, I mean, if, if, if Ngannou gets sent back to the to the back of the line again, that's uh, that's tough. He'll just have to knock some more guys out and yeah. get a chance again. I think I think one day we'll see Ngannou with the heavyweight belt around his waist but I mean as long as Mioch is around that's just a, a tough tough matchup for Ngannou uh, and I don't think that's going to go any different uh, this weekend co-main event is not happening Alexander Volkanovsky and Brian Ortega that fight is off uh, Ortega uh, has not passed COVID protocols and this fight's not happening hopefully it will be happening soon uh, but that was going to be a fun matchup especially how after how Ortega looked in his last fight uh, and it's always great to see Volkanovski uh, fighting because he's just an excellent, excellent fighter. Um, and yeah, I just it 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 just sucks that we get to lose a title fight uh, the week of. <laughs> it it kind of takes the air out of the tires a bit coming up to this event. Yeah, it's not like this card was stacked by any means. Like that that was that's a big loss for this card. Um, I was more excited for the main event anyway, so I'm happy that's still intact. But I was also interested to see how this goes because I could like in my head considered it a foregone conclusion like oh but Volkanovski will beat the brakes off of him he's just a better fighter and then talking with Austin a couple of weeks ago he put a lot of Austin picked Ortega and put a lot of doubt in my head about that and like some made some interesting points so I was really excited to see um it from that point of view um, a lot more like I don't know Austin made me a lot more interested about the matchup than I was previously but um I'm a, I hopefully they can get it taken care of kind of soon because we all just need Max Volkanovski 3, right? So the longer we have to wait for this, the longer we have to wait for that. So that was also what went through my mind. Then the last thing was where it's going to land because 261 is obviously full with three title fights. 262 has the lightweight title fight and could use a co-main. And then 263 has the flyweight fight. So this would maybe be the main event over that. Or then if they really have to wait, they got International Fight Week. So they have some options for where it could land. Um, and either way, it seems like it'll nice add something nice to one of those cards but um this card might suffer until then just kind of lead on that heavyweight main event is the the main selling point mm-hmm. yeah that it that that is a big hit because yeah we, we you, you looked at the uh, slate of upcoming pay-per-views and he saw all the gold and now we lost one so yeah. that does some damage to to this card um but we do have a good fight between tyron woodley and vicente luque and uh, I love me some Luque, and I think this is a great matchup for him because he just, uh, I don't think Willie can keep up with him. 
because uh, Luke puts it on his opponents and, and, and doesn't really let you breathe. And that's been kind of the downfall of Woodley in his past couple fights. So uh, I expect more of the same. It's a different kind of pressure that Luke provides than, you know, guys like Gilbert Burns and Kamaru Usman. But uh, I still think that's going to be a problem for Woodley uh, in this one. So uh, I love me some Luke. I'm, I'm picking, uh, I'm picking him in this one uh, with confidence. Yeah. I think the more interesting thing for me in this one rather than if Woodley wins or not, is how he looks. Because he just looks like a different fighter. He looks like a different person. Yeah, he's always been like kind of the slow... Like, he's never been, uh, you know, light his hair on fire, have him go out there and, you know, just demolish people. That's not his style. But for for a timid counterpuncher guy to be, like, as... Like, that, some of those fights were just so bad. Especially, like, the Covington one. He looked so bad. Um, so I, I'm more interested. I, I don't know if he's going to win. I don't think so. I think, I don't know. Luke, if Luke is aggressive enough, that might help Woodley a little bit, kind of force him into something like that without maybe worrying about the ground game so much. Um, we'll maybe let him, you know, pull the trigger a little bit more, but I'm, I'm interested to see his mindset because he looked completely lost and disinterested in that last fight before his, his like rib broke or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. I, so yeah, that's the that's the thing I'll be I'll be watching for that. Mm-hmm. And then we have Sean O'Malley taking on Thomas Almeida, uh, and this is a this is a kind of a turning point kind of fight for O'Malley. If he loses to Almeida, who has not looked good uh, recently, that's a big big setback for a guy who is self proclaimed undefeated. Um, <laughs> Aren't we all? And. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's it's a fun fight for sure. That it's two two strikers uh, that are going to throw down. But uh, I mean, yeah, I I, I feel I, I feel like O'Malley's going to win. But I, this could be like a prove it fight for Almeida, where he definitely could come out on top. Yeah, well, when you're the minus two ninety favorite, like O'Malley is, like there's a lot of people picking you to win, so you better do it. Like I don't know, I'm not the biggest fan of O'Malley after how he handled the the Marlon Vera loss. Um, and yeah, Almeida's not a guy that it looks like, obviously everybody knows Thomas Almeida still has talent and isn't like a bad fighter or anything, but, um, when you're not winning fights, like there's not like for O'Malley, this is a get right fight. This is not a, a, a like going to, going to boost his ranking. It's going to get him back on the right track. And if he doesn't look that way, or if it's closer, Almeida, you know, can take a close or something like that. That's going to dampen his spirits a little bit um so be interesting to see how that goes but i think i'm still picking o'malley but i'm probably pulling for almeida a little bit mm-hmm. uh some other good stuff on this card we had the rescheduled fight between jillian robertson and miranda maverick uh alonzo menifield taking on william knight uh that's the feature prelim as of right now abu bakar and Nag- taking on jared gooden uh, on this card and uh, Mikhail Alex- Alexajuk against Modestus Bukowskis. Uh, those are good fights. And uh, your buddy Shane Young taking on Omar <laughs> Morales <laughs> on the early prelims. Uh, so, yeah, not not a bad card. Uh, it sh- should provide some entertainment, but it's just, uh, yeah, a lot of lot of lot of air left out of the tires when when we lost Volkanovski versus Ortega. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see what they what they do, what they add to that main card because. They could really add any of those. It's not going to make a huge difference, yeah. it, it feels like. Um, also, like as much as I love Stipe and Francis, uh, doesn't really feel like 
what like a seventy dollars? Is that much they are? Seventy seventy five dollars? Yeah. Like that's a lot uh, for for a heavyweight title fight. Um, that last time was a pretty boring fight, to be pretty honest. As much as it was like fun to watch, like, like I said, like we liked it, but like I don't know, that's not a fight I'm telling people. Hey, you got to go watch this fight. Um, mm -hmm. So that's also kind of tough. Um, but it should be fun. I'm looking forward to it, mostly just to see that main event. It's it kind of feels like a boxing card, if, if we're going to be honest. It feels like a, really everything else is kind of, it's there, and it should, like, we pointed out some interesting things, and there's, like, like specifically the Robertson-Maverick matchup. I'm glad they were able to remake that. Um, but really, it's all just about whether or not Steve Bacon can hold on to that gold or Francis can knock him out. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. That's, that's, uh... Tough, tough fight as, uh, as always when they have to step in against Francis Ngannou. Uh, but Steve Bay's the champion for a reason. Uh, so that'll be this weekend, UFC 260. And that'll do it for us on Throwing Elbows. You can follow us on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Throwing Elbows MMA, Facebook, Throwing Elbows MMA, Twitter, at Throwing Elbows, and our written work is on cagesidepress.com. Same day, same place next week. We are 